0: Welcome to MLD Wealth, Money Matters, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights on the market and economy. Hosted by Chad Larson, top ranking portfolio manager at CG Wealth Management and founder of MLD Wealth Management. In this podcast, Chad shares concise, clear, and authentic views on the market, helping gain greater clarity on the current state of the investment landscape facing investors. Hi guys, it's Chad Larson with MLD Wealth. Uh, this is Money Matters for November 2023. Um, lots to go through. I'm gonna jump around. I got charts in my hands, ideas in my mind, um, pain in my heart, and aspirations on my shoulders. Um, couple kind of things to start to. I read an interesting quote. It's from the psychology of money by Morgan Housel. Um your success as an investor will be determined by how you respond to punctuated moments of terror, not the year spent on cruise control. We're entering this weird period where after you know, a dismal 2022, I, I reflect on my comments from January at the start of this year, whereby we thought we would have a very choppy market going in the front half of 2023, um, followed by into the end of this year basically the time i'm sitting here speaking to you today that we would start see the market start to discount the eventual recovery we see in 2024 and what we meant by that and what we continue to mean by that is eventually the markets would become uh, more robust as they started to move towards easing we were i even called that we could potentially even have a rate cut by now uh the fed just announced a couple hours ago they're holding flat um and that generally bodes well for equity markets. Um, but speaking back to the things between the known unknown and the unknown knowns, um, we have to kind of unpack a few things of where we see the world. And I did set the tone a little bit negative uh, a couple of weeks ago um, with respect to kind of a market update, given things that were going on geopolitically over in the Middle East. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, as we continue to hold an elevated weights of cash, um, but back off of a, you know, a soft 2022, this market has been defined as, again, as I've spoken to, as a very narrow market where, you know, seven stocks, the magnificent seven, as they're called now, you know, make up 30% of the S&P 500. And they started reporting this week. Uh, Microsoft did incredibly well. Uh, Google softened, lowered expectations. Tesla fell by twenty percent, um, but you know, so we're starting to see some shakiness even at the top. Um, you know these are, these Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Nvidia, Facebook, and Tesla. Um, you know they've driven the whole market. You know the S and P four ninety three. It's down, um, but it's cheap. Um, making valuations starting to look attractive, but again, not being able to fight the Fed. Um, we are still continuing to look for the Fed to be uh, accommodating, um, and yet I don't see Jerome Powell taking the um, his foot off. He's taking his foot off the gas, so to speak, on hikes. But I don't think he's about to do a U-turn on policy. Now, if you remember, this is the same gentleman that got up and said inflation was transitory, and you know an army and slew of memes were created that will echo in the halls of. Wall Street chat rooms for for all of eternity. Uh, I don't think he wants to do this uh, wrong the other way. So I think we're in the lower for a longer camp. Uh, And what does that mean? Now, the US economy has remained incredibly resilient. um, And history, as it's been said, may not repeat, but it often rhymes, making it worthwhile, if imperfect, guide for understanding the economic cycle and its impact on risk assets and the historical playbook has strongly implied for much of 2023 that the U.S. recession is just likely around the corner. Um, the Fed has tightened monetary policy significantly over the last 18 months. The yield curve is deeply inverted and leading indicators continue to flash warnings. Historically, this has been a toxic combination. But so far, in the face of historic precedents and ominous signals, the US economy remains strong. I've got a chart here in front of me and people say why? You know, why why is it so strong? If I could find it now, that would be super helpful. But the amount of stimulus that poured into the market um, comparatively to other developed countries, and this is kind of where I set the table of where some of our concerns are, but potentially where some of our opportunities. When we look um, at the federal cli- federal climate spending and front loading of capex, remember GDP is made up of government spending as well. Um, between 2022 to through to 2027. We have $80 billion of stimulus being poured into the U.S. market. That's the Infrastructure Investments and Jobs Act. That's CHIPS and the Science Act. And that's the Inflation Reduction Act. That amount of spending has kept the U.S. economy booming. Um, labor market remains incredibly uh, resilient. And you typically don't see, so the U.S. is like, largely avoiding this recession. The problem is, is that other central banks are following the monetary policy of of the U.S., but haven't created the amount of stimulus. Um, the, the U.S. consumer or any consumer drives the economy, um, and albeit we've seen the fastest, steepest hike to interest rates, U.S. consumers are less sensitive to interest rate hikes. Uh, looking at a chart below me, um, it's around 15 percent of people in the U.S. Uh, are on loans with floating rate mortgages. Comparatively, that is the smallest amount of any other developed country. The U.S. Consumers not feeling what we're feeling here in Canada. Um, so housing prices uh, prices increased from pre-COVID levels. The U.S. had a housing boom, and no one's feeling it on the uh, affordability index, uh, so to speak. Um, that can, is not sustainable here up in Canada, uh, and that is going to cause some of the concerns and call out those known unknowns. Um, so labor market remaining resilient, we talked about the fiscal support of the U.S. economy with all the stimulus. Um, now, if and when, and I always said the, the, the cause for pivot will be when the Fed becomes accommodating um, and that becomes very bullish for, for equities, it's just not there yet. So the good, the bad, the ugly, um, kind of stripping things apart. The average stock is not expensive. Uh, when you look at the top median trailing uh, price to earnings ratio of the market, um, take that away from the Magnificent Seven, markets are a little bit cheaper. Um, but remember, you know, those stocks went on up av- on average 90% this year. No one owned 40% of their accounts in these, and well, no, I didn't. Um, but remember, these are also stocks that were down by over 50% last year. You know, down 50, up 90, that's just a wild ride. Um, talking about kind of global trends of where we see things kind of in a, in a place is, you know, back to kind of what those historical precedences around the consumer. Um, so yes, the consumers in the U S is exhibiting tremendous resilience. Corporate bankruptcies remain low. Um, the fiscal policy of aiding GDP, um, this historic economic playbook for a recession may not ultimately be denied, but it certainly has been delayed. Uh, but unfortunately the surprising U S economic strength is a problem for the rest of the world. Global central banks have been mirroring fed policy yet. Uh, Their countries like ours are generally far more rate sensitive than the U.S., whether it's China, Europe or Canada. Economic weakness is being pronounced at a Fed that's committed to staying tighter for longer. And it's a potential recipe for an even stronger U.S. dollar. The last thing a weakening global economy needs as far as equities are concerned. um, So we believe stock markets are grinding their way through a longer term trading range and at the very least will likely continue to adjust to higher rates. At current levels, you know we're still recommending waiting for better opportunities to emerge. Not saying we're letting grass grow under our feet. We've deployed significant capital uh, over the last month, even into select uh, opportunities uh, that have presented themselves with, I think, once in cycle-like return profiles. Uh, but at the worst, there's a potential for an accident if the Fed stays tight too long, especially if the U.S. dollar breaks out. History is replete with examples of a surging greenback acting as a wrecking ball. And we fear this time may be no exception, especially given the current step up for equities. Trends and thematics, you know, one of the pivots, and you know, we look at like a tactical positioning. Um, we're not pausing, uh, we're not pausing, but we're adding duration to kind of our call on base metals and especially that for copper. I'm um, still fundamentally structurally interested uh, and positioned, uh, but might even pull the trades back. Uh, a little bit and create more liquidity. Just that trade is only going to work when we see strong GDP growth. Um, it's just not going to be there for a while. Um, but last to, to last week's or a couple weeks ago uh, discussion, deglobalization uh, is going to boon well for select economies and sectors. You know, with conflicts, uh, with the creating of a multipolar world. Um, and domesticating other forms of supply chain that is going to be a boon for manufacturing, industrials, Um, So that's going to be a net positive. Uh, Robotics and AI continue to, obviously they've driven the market incredibly forward, but the advancements, efficiencies, and productivity uh, is going to continue to shape uh, and drive earnings growth for a number of sectors. It's not just weird companies that we don't know what they do. It's going to be the integration of processes, time flow management, inventory management um, that will create more efficiencies. The U.S. economy, the U.S. labor has more revenue per uh, producing labor than anywhere in the world. And that is only going to be augmented uh, by the introduction of AI and robotics. We saw the industrial revolution and how, what that did to create uh, productivity um, and wealth uh, and in quality of life that is going to happen, uh, continue to happen. Uh, Sustainability is going to continue to be thematically important. I don't think so much by, um, forced policy, but, but just by people trying to to do better and be better and be more educated. Um, and then a big subsector is health and wellness. We have the largest portion of the economy being the baby boomers holding the largest share of the wealth. Um, everyone wants to live forever um, and the amount of capital uh, investment opportunities that's going to be in around health and wellness uh, is going to uh, continue to, to to be dominant. So it's kind of one of the things you know that I wanted to get through. I think a lot of this that's been going on and on and on has been about you know, sticking true, Don't miss the good days. All of these serpiphious kind of feel good moments, but i'm I'm well aware. I've been doing this twenty years. Um, you know the investor fatigue is real. Um, you know the the shiny uh, lure of you know getting a GIC or a money market rate versus, uh, versus that of taking it, uh, market risk, but I have to feel, and I don't know, I'm not a baseball player, but I did, uh, uh, just, uh, I was just down in Houston last week and ended up watching some baseball with an Astros fan. So I'll give you a baseball uh, analogy in all and all of this guys. And I said this last talk, um, the economic cycle of news and it's at its worst. Uh, is about the inflection point where things get better. So I don't know if it's the top of the seventh or the bottom of the seventh and where that seventh inning stretch lies. Um, but the worst of this is is far from over. Uh, well positioned. We have great amount of liquidity. Um, we are following a seasonal pattern. Um, I'm expecting, you know, some some stronger markets into the end of the year. Um I've never seen in my life uh, uh, cheaper small cap growth uh, opportunities. Um, Here's a great one. One year off the low, um, uh, small caps uh, being up is the worst we've seen in 100 years. Uh, Recessionary fears have weighed heavily, and rising interest rates are more impactful because there's generally more leverage on the balance sheets. There's a lot of coiled springs and rocket ships. Doesn't mean while these things are on the tarmac, a lot of them are not going to blow up. Um, there will be. There is always this hangover effect. In fact, that's some of the parts of the market that bother me the most. Because when things turn and everything starts working, you still have a bunch of broken toys that just never got enough capital or attention. You know, in the back of Santa's bag, and and there will be some kind of like dead bodies in the back of this. Um, so, kind of on a go forward basis, am, I'm kind of opening to open up the line. Is you know, our objective is is to position client capital, um, prudently, um, pragmatically and, and uh, effectively to construct portfolios that give the highest probability of achieving uh, the stated goals over market cycle. It's a mouthful. Um, but you know, given the results of last year where capital preservation was paramount uh, this year stripping back those magnificent seven, this is just the, this is the sandbox that we're in right now. Um, I had, I just had a call with a great client He's a, call it a specialist more than a generalist and likes to get in the weeds with me and talk specifics on individual stocks and balance sheets and, you know, what the management's doing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's wonderful. Um, and I try to always pull the conversation up to the top. But the point of it is we can sit there and talk to the fundamentals of a company's balance sheet and ability and prowess of their management or their new product line or the well that they're drilling or the mine that they're bringing on production. Take all of that away. And, and just go into a vacuum for a second, meditate, and there's no sound, there's no light, you're in a dark room. And you say we've got a decoupling of globalization. We've got a multipolar world setting up. We've got geopolitical unrest. We've got wars uh, on multiple continents right now. Uh, we've got the fastest spiking interest rates and an economy, you know, ram roaring towards a uh, Recession—that's the environment that the companies that we invest in have to operate in. The net reality of it is a turbulent skies. Um, some, so, you know, some companies have punched above the clouds, but it's a tough environment. Um, we've been through this; we will go through more. But the reality is, is you know, sticking to your process, um, having great philosophy, and sticking investing in quality people because you know, ending it back to the psychology of money by morgan housel it's a great book um as any of you want to call me and ask me a question on it, may get a book out of the deal but um the most important part of every plan is planning on your plan not going to plan um and there's rarely more or less economic uncertainty so we're doing our best to analyze to take in all the variables but ultimately um the business cycle uh will will chew through it and uh and we'll get to the other side. I hope you all have a wonderful month. Uh, as always, I appreciate you all as as clients. Um, we care deeply and we work tirelessly um, to identifying opportunities and to mitigate risks. If there's anything, any questions, comments you'd like to uh, drill down into, feel free to give myself or any member of the team a call. And I look forward to talking to you all uh, next month. Have a great day. The comments expressed in this podcast. Are the results of work done by MLD Wealth Management. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity Corp and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord Genuity Corp beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The statements expressed herein are not intended to provide tax, legal or financial advice and under no circumstances should be construed as solicitation to act as a securities broker or dealer in any jurisdiction. All views are intended for general circulation only and do not have any regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or general needs of any particular person, organization, or institution. Please do not hesitate to contact us should you want to know more about the information contained in this video or have any related questions. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management in Canada is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp, member, Canadian Investor Protection Fund, and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.